We're going to uh, hear, hear from the Word this morning. I'm excited. We're starting a new series. Nathan's starting our new series for us. If you've heard him preach, you know that he's connected with the Spirit and very thoughtful as well. So why don't you join with me as we welcome Nathan to come and preach this morning. Thank you. Very kind. Uh, thank you to the band. Might turn these fans off because... Uh, there's a bit of a southerly blowing on the stage here. Awesome. So, uh, good morning. Uh, as Brendan mentioned, my name is Mason. Uh, has been that way for 34 and a half years and uh, isn't going to change anytime soon. Uh, and he also mentioned we're starting a new series and we're, we're looking at the book of uh, Proverbs. We're, we're talking about Proverbs and just start off with what, what is a proverb? Uh, you've probably heard the term, it applies to what's in the Bible, but also to uh, just sayings. And a definition of proverb is a short, well-known, pithy saying, stating a general truth or piece of advice. Don't try saying that with a lisp. A well-known, pithy saying, stating a general truth or piece, piece of advice. There we go. See, I got the right word said the right way without the lisp, and uh, we got through it. Uh, and there's a whole book of them in the Bible. Generally, proverbs are considered a piece of wisdom or called wisdom, although some can be a bit more uh, tongue-in-cheek. So I want to start off with a little bit of participation to start uh, us off with, and immediately, like, oh, oh dear, where's this going? I want to know, can you think of just a couple of examples uh, of a proverb or a piece of wisdom that has been passed around your family and kind of, it might have been a bit of a family saying or something from your dad, your grandpa, your grandma. Uh, anybody, any volunteers? Okay. Nothing new under the sun. Somebody over this side. All things work together for good. Doesn't have to be biblical. Just like it could, it could be from, from any other... Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Good things come in small packages and all the short people said amen. <laughs> clean, clean your room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was this on high rotation, Brendan? <laughs> Probably for me too. Cool. So I want to share a couple of pieces of wisdom and through the three weeks. So I'm going to share some wisdom from my kids. And I, I want to start off with the first one. And last week, well, that stupidly hot weekend, we went to the beach on Saturday morning and we were playing, digging, and, uh, and I announced to the kids that uh, I wanted to go out for a proper swim. I want, want to go out a bit deeper and you know, dive under and just leave the kids on the beach with the grandparents. And, and Toby, very concerned, Daddy, just don't fall over the edge. <laughs> he, he was worried I was going to go out so far. <laughs> That you know, and here I'm thinking, how did I raise a flat earther? <laughs> where on earth, like you know, I don't, I don't subscribe to that thinking just in case any of you are thinking along that way. And uh, so, I'm going to add that to uh, Proverbs 32, and, and that, that's a bit of a joke for those that aren't familiar with the book of Proverbs. That any piece of wisdom that you think, oh, you know, that's kind of cool or funny, oh, that's good. It's in Proverbs 32, which doesn't exist. There's only 31 books, uh, chapters in the book of Proverbs. 
Wisdom can also come in handy when dealing with moody two-year-olds. All the parents know you need a bit of wisdom when dealing with kids and their behaviour. So yesterday, we took a family trip to Kmart, and uh, I needed a new pillow, and Jemima needed a new pillow, so we went to the pillow section, and we found a two-pack of pillows for Jemima, and Toby could get one the same. You know, often the, the pillows for kids, uh, the appropriate ones come in twin packs, so you know, that worked out all right. And then I'm getting my pillow, and Lucy's kind of hanging around, and uh, Jemima's walking away with this you know, twin pack of pillows, and then Lucy wants to participate and help, so she decides she wants to carry my pillow around Kmart and then to the supermarket and out to the car, which is all good. And, th- and then we get home and have a bit of lunch, get ready for uh, nap time, and we go to get the pillows ready and say the twin pack, and mine's in my room, and there's this twin pack, and Lucy's like, oh, my pillow, my pillow, and so I oh, sorry Lucy, there's only two there, one for Jemima, one for Toby. Cue meltdown. <laughs> uh, I want my pillow, which she also was calling blanket as well at the same time, so it was a bit confusing, but I want my pillow. And uh, this is just before nap time, and all the parents know the last thing you want before nap time is a meltdown because this nap time might not ever happen. So sometimes you've got to think quick and uh, try and be as crafty slash wise slash cheeky as you can be to get through the situation. So I threw the twin pack of pillows on on the top bunk on Jemima's bed, knowing there was another pillow in Lucy's room that she doesn't sleep on and sits at the foot of her bed. I went and grabbed that one with the pink pillowcase and put all three on top of the bunk, pulled the two white ones out of the case, stripped Lucy's one of the pink case and it had a white kind of under, undercover. And then like, kind of mixing them, you know, the cup game with the three cups. <laughs> like, Lucy, here's your pillow. Thanks, Daddy. She, I didn't, I didn't say it was a new pillow, I just said, Lucy, here's your pillow. <laughs> See, parenting. <laughs> uh, and then Lucy proceeded to strut out of her room, announcing that she's got a new pillow and walking to her room, puts it on a bed and is getting ready for a nap and wants mummy to come in and see a new pillow and come in and help get her ready for a nap, sitting on the bed. And Jemima's been watching this whole thing. <laughs> and, no, 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 it's, it's, it's okay. It's actually, uh, I'm quite proud of her. Uh, she, she, I had kind of whispered and kind of indicated and I may have done similar tricks with food before. So, you know, you, you, you start small. Uh, and I'm sitting on the bed, putting Lucy asleep, and Jemima walks in, kind of looks at the pillow. She knew what I'd done, she'd seen. Looks at Lucy, Lucy's up in the new pillow. And, and Jemima turns and looks at me. <laughs> giving the, the best six-year-old uh, subtle wink you can imagine <laughs> and kind of thumbs up and uh, walked out. So, you know, sometimes wisdom can be uh, a little crafty, but, you know, you do what you've got to do when you've got kids, little, little kids around particularly. So the next three weeks, we're looking at the book of Proverbs, which is in the Old Testament of the Bible. It is one of three books in the Old Testament that are referred to as wisdom books, the other two being Ecclesiastes and Job. 
And the book of Proverbs contains wisdom on these topics. Uh, I'm not going to read them all, but you know, there's uh, 44 there. If you go to other sources, you go really, really, really deep and looking for all the meanings, and the list could be even longer. So if you need some wisdom in your life or need some advice or some direction on any one of these topics, the book of Proverbs is for you. The wisdom in Proverbs is often described as a lady, but it's not an impersonal force. It's an attribute. Wisdom is an attribute of God himself. By fearing or respecting God and reading and obeying the wise practical counsel found in the book of Proverbs, we develop the important skills and moral mindset we need to be successful, good and godly in God's world, and that is living the good life. With the time remaining today, I'm going to give you a background to the book of Proverbs, cover the first nine chapters at a high level in about four minutes, <laughs> and set us up for the final two weeks. And my aim for today is just to whet the appetite and start a desire for wisdom in our life. I'm definitely not going to be digging into the detail of those nine chapters, otherwise we'd be here for a few weeks. Uh, but just want to cover the theme so you can go away this week and have, have a read and uh, dig into that for yourself, or you can move on to uh, the other Proverbs uh, further on in the book. But before we get to the content, where does the book of Proverbs come from? Well, most of it comes from King Solomon, who is known as the wisest man alive, with a couple of smaller bits from other scribes and kings. Let's have a, have a look at a bit of Solomon's story in 1 Kings chapter 3. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream and said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David. He's the guy that David and Goliath killed Goliath. So this is the immediate son and king of David, or of Israel, the immediate son of David. Because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart, you have continued his great kindness to him and had given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. He's talking about himself. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. <clears throat> I'll give you a wise and discerning heart so there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honour, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I'll give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realised it had been a dream. 
What's interesting about this story, it says at the end that Solomon awoke and realised it had been a dream. I've heard it talked about Solomon in this situation. And I don't know what sort of dreams you might have, but I kind of wake up from having dreamt, and I can't remember specifics. I don't, I'm not that kind of dreamer, but I wake up going, that was great. Something weird was going on in that, in that dream. And, and like, I, I don't know, just my imagination and mixed in with situations and like, what's, what's going on? And just like, oh, whatever, I can't remember anyway, but I just know it was a bit weird and move on with my, with my day. Here, God is talking to Solomon. And when you are dreaming, you, it is your subconscious. You are not able to quickly think of creative pillow solutions and the right answer to avoid a situation. What is coming out is what is in your heart. So Solomon's request was genuine from his heart. I always think ever since I watched Aladdin, if a genie came out of a bottle and uh, out of a lamp and you had three wishes, has anyone ever thought about what the three wishes would be? More wishes, exactly. (laughs) Because, yeah, that's what you would start with. And that's because we're thinking, oh, how can I make the most of this opportunity? Like, what's the the best way? If anyone says, here's a... I'll give you whatever you want. We're like, oh, okay, so what's the best leverage I can get? What's going to get me the, the biggest opportunity? Solomon doesn't answer, doesn't, it's his subconscious in his dream. So his motivations are simple and it's just to administer justice and look after his people. My first wish would be for a million wishes. But Solomon asked for what was on his heart. As well as pure motivation, Solomon asked for it. God could have just given it to him, knowing that was his heart, but he wanted Solomon to verbalise it. And the title of today's message is Apply Now. God wanted Solomon to verbalise and to apply now for it. Now, I, I deal in online marketing and we have forms and people that would apply for things. And if you've ever applied for a job through Seek, you apply now, you put your application in. But <clears throat> the difference in ap- applying for wisdom with God is everyone gets it. It's quite different to applying for a job or finance where there's only one person might get it or you have to hit a certain criteria to get through. When you apply now, you get it, no questions asked. Apply now is about two things. Applying now for wisdom, asking God for it, and once you've got it, applying it now. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, apply now. Who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So if you want the good life, just got to start by applying now. We'll see more of this over the next two weeks. That is because to be asking for wisdom in the first place, there is already, already some wisdom in you. There's paraphrasing a few proverbs throughout the whole book. The wise realise they need wisdom, but fools do not think they need it. So if you can identify that you need wisdom in your life, You're already halfway there. You already have wisdom there. But the wise know they need more wisdom. And that's the journey we want to walk through in the next 
uh, these three weeks. So now looking at the first nine chapters of Proverbs. It's going to be a high-level, fairly quick overview. When you read the opening line, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, you expect to start reading these short, pithy, uh, clever sayings that might pack a punch, you know, that fit nicely on Instagram and Pinterest. But it's not what you get straight away. Instead, we get 10 long, cohesive speeches from a father to a son interwoven with four poems from Lady Wisdom, written to humanity. And it's not until chapter 10 that we get these proverbs and these short sayings that we know as the term proverb to be. But it's important that we understand the first nine chapters to know the power that is in the remaining 21 chapters. So the overview is the 10 speeches from the father to son, I encourage you to read them this week, all follow the same pattern. The dad exhorts his son to listen to him. Two, to write his commands on his heart. Three, to do everything in his power, not to forsake them. Then the dad offers a lesson about virtue or wisdom or integrity that he wants his son to know. Finally, there's always a concluding line about how wisdom will keep you safe and give you abundant life, the good life. These 10 speeches are explicitly from the father and sometimes represent both mum and dad, both, both views, and they are offering human wisdom. So we've got 10 speeches, father to son, representing human wisdom. But interwoven into this 10 speeches of human wisdom from father to son are the four poems from Lady Wisdom. And Lady Wisdom symbolises the perfect and transcendent universal wisdom, the wisdom of God. Wisdom personified as a lady calls out to all humanity on behalf of God himself, beckoning them, beckoning you and me, to live by and listen to her. And she claims that she is like an eternal principle of the universe because she was the principle by which God wove the moral universe into existence. God used wisdom to architect the physical and moral fabric of creation. Therefore, anytime humans access this wisdom and live by it, applying it now, they are living by a divine principle or a divine word. So the Lady Wisdoms the, the, lady, the Lady Wisdom poems elevate the human wisdom of the ten speeches of the elders and kings and the, the remaining wisdom in the book of Proverbs to the status of heavenly wisdom, offering us a filter through which to read the rest of the book of Proverbs. It's as if the four Lady Wisdom poems are commenting on the father-son speeches saying, Dear reader, do you realise that when you listen to the wisdom of your elders, you are hearing a transcendent divine wisdom about how to live in God's good world? So, Proverbs 1-9, to is probably one of the longest introductions you'll get in any book of the Bible, is really serving as an intro, preparing us to hear the wisdom of the elders in the remaining part of the book. And to hear that wisdom as divine, as the divine word from God, it's important to appreciate this as we read the rest of Proverbs so we know that human wisdom isn't pitted against divine wisdom. Rather, the human word 
or human wisdom is a vehicle for divine word. And if you apply the wisdom, it leads to the good life. When we know God's endorsement on human wisdom and the rest of the book, there's an extra weight and significance added to the words of the elders and the kings in the book. But before we move on to the rest of the book of Proverbs, we need to apply it now, asking for wisdom and understanding like King Solomon did. So to recap, apply now is about two things. Applying now for wisdom, and once you get it, applying it now. But my desire out of today is that you and I build a desire for wisdom and pursue it over this week and over the following two weeks and beyond. My prayer is that this sparks the start of a discovery and a journey digging into wisdom in our world, in your life, in my life, and collectively as a church and as a community. Who knows our need, our world needs a little bit more wisdom every day. My prayer for the next three weeks is that we see an openness and an outpouring of wisdom in our world. Not just for ourselves, but for our family and our friends and everyone around us. George, ask you to come up, please. So how do we apply now for wisdom? Like Solomon, we talk to God, we pray, we ask for it. It's pretty easy. There are no conditions. As it says in James, that he'll, he'll give... Back. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. There's no conditions, there's no prerequisites and it will be given to you. And then once we have got it, start applying it and we'll discover what that looks like over the following two weeks. Just ask everybody to stand. Let's just close our eyes and just spend some time talking to God. Just open our hands to, to Him, just a physical act of openness and receiving to receive His wisdom. If you need to make any decisions today, any decisions this week, if you've got any of the situations that threw up on the screen happening in your world, you need wisdom. I need wisdom every time I open my mouth to talk to my children. I need wisdom every minute of every day at work as I lead a team of people and we're making decisions and interacting with other people. I need wisdom in all of those conversations. I need wisdom in all my decisions as a leader. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Open our heart to wisdom. As we're standing here this morning, I'm believing that He is pouring out wisdom as you ask for it. Wisdom is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
It's an amazing gift to have. Sometimes in church, we elevate gifts that might look or sound more bold and authoritative and, and like prophecy and healing. But I desire nothing else first other than wisdom. Because I know without it, I'm a bit of a fool. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you are pouring out wisdom. Wisdom for decisions, wisdom for the right thing to say. Wisdom for direction. Even right now, we bring our decisions to you, the things that we are pondering for today and for this week. And believe that you're providing answers and direction right now as we stand here. We apply now for wisdom and pray you pour it out into our life. Give us the gift of wisdom, individually in our families. And may your wisdom be poured out in our church and our community in an increasing measure. while we're standing here, we've been talking about wisdom. And earlier in the service, we were singing about Jesus. Jesus is the way to eternal life. He offers forgiveness from sin, from every wrong thing that has happened. And Jesus gives us access to the good life, to understand through the whole... Through accepting Jesus, we get the Holy Spirit in our world and we get, can get the gift of wisdom. And to have Jesus in your world, it's just like Solomon asking for wisdom. Or like James says, God gives wisdom generously, relationship with Jesus. All we have to do is apply for it. There are no conditions. There are no prerequisites. There are no rules other than just to say, Jesus, help me. Come into my life. I want to follow you. So this morning, as we conclude, I want to give that opportunity to accept Jesus into your world, to access the wisdom that comes with the relationship of God with Jesus. So if you've never made that decision before, in a few moments, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand just so I can see. Maybe you have done that before and you've been away from God and you, you haven't been living in the wisdom of God. You've been making your own decisions, doing your own thing and it's just not working. Jesus says, my hands are open, come. Apply now. It doesn't matter what has happened in the past. My wisdom is here for you. My hand of friendship, of relationship to walk this life with you. 
So if you want to make that decision for the first time or to come back and to accept a relationship with Jesus because you've been doing your own thing for a while and you want to recommit, I just ask you to raise your hand nice and high while everyone's eyes are closed. <clears throat> just raise it up and I'll acknowledge it. And then afterwards, after the service, we have a couple of people up the front of the service that would love to pray with you. Just to help you with next steps and just to pray wisdom into your world. Help you understand what a relationship with Jesus is all about. So if there's anyone here this morning who'd like to make that commitment, just ask you to raise your hand nice and high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here this morning. Thank you for your your gift of eternal life. That we can accept it and receive it. There's no conditions on your love. Thank you for the gift of wisdom. Pray over the next couple of weeks that we can just download and understand wisdom and start digging into the book of Proverbs so we can make better decisions. We can start understanding and applying this wisdom and be living the good life that comes from following you and walking in your ways. So final encouragement for us all this week is to dig into the book of Proverbs. If you want to dig into the first nine chapters and understand these poems, these letters from father to son, do that. If you want to jump into the short sayings about all of those different topics, you can start at chapter 10 and that's what we're going to be talking about from chapter 10 onwards for the next couple of weeks. I'm excited. It's going to be good getting a download of wisdom in our world. Awesome. Thanks, Brendan. Fantastic. Why don't you thank Nathan? That's good.